Hello and welcome. You are listening to Desperate Acts of Capitalism, a podcast about money, marketing, and how it all goes wrong. Join us on our magical journey through a wonderland of burning money. I'm Evan Swope. And I'm C.T. Kelly. <laughs> okay, episode 20. Episode 20. I'm excited. Evan's turn. <laughs> yes. After, after all the research that I've been doing in, for the past two episodes, it'll be nice to just sort of sit back and let somebody explain yeah. <laughs> like i get to listen to this podcast live exactly yeah it's a front row seat yeah no more tulips no more tulips no tulip more factor. tulips no more tulips like no more late fees but no more tulips yeah. no more tulips no okay All so right. to start what do you got for me this week evan so this is something that like i've actually i haven't known about this story for a very long time. I think how I learned about it was um, Karen and Georgia were talking about it on My Favorite Murder, mm. like when the the documentary came out. So the documentary, I watched the documentary to prepare for the episode. It's called um, Bad Blood. No, no, no. It's called The Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. Oh, wow. And so it's the story. It's an intense title. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a great title because um, it, it means a lot. Uh, as you'll see, as you'll see in the story. Okay. Um, but I don't know, like how familiar are you with this story? I, I know basically nothing about it. Okay. Excellent. So this is the story of Theranos and specifically the story of Theranos's founder, uh, Elizabeth Holmes. So oh, we got, we got a lady. Yes. A lady. And I would compare this. I would call her almost, almost, but not quite a lady version of Billy McFarland. Ah, Defi- interesting. Definitely far less douchey, but the same level of just like insane BS. It's honestly hard to be douchier than Billy McFarland. Yeah, and actually, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of similar vibes there in terms of BS, but like, I think Elizabeth Holmes actually cares about what she's doing and oh, is willing willing to lie about it. Billy McFarland clearly doesn't care. He just wants money. But like, I genuinely don't think that elizabeth holmes i don't think money was ever her number one concern interesting so so first of all i just want to preface this by saying i'm a huge believer in the concept of fake it till you make it right it's basically using that concept as how i've gotten most of the jobs that i've gotten right because that's kind of what you have to do to get started in the workplace you kind of have to be like yeah, I can do this, like, even though you can't. Like, yeah, I've used that before, even though you either have barely used it or have not used it at all, because that's how people give you a chance, and that's how you're able to have an opportunity to learn those things is by, you know, getting into a position where you can actually use them for your job. Exactly. So there's been a lot of times when I've been like, yeah, I know how to use, you know, adobe after effects and then i i clearly don't but then like but before i start the job i you know teach myself adobe after effects at like a breakneck pace and learn far faster and more efficient than i would have normally so i think fake it till you make it is is generally a good thing yeah however i do think there's a limit (laughs) (laughs) there there is definitely a line where it it stops being you're looking at you're trying to you know you know stretch the truth a tiny bit so you can achieve your goals into you're stretching the truth so much that you are actually putting lives in danger <laughs> right right there's a different like i i it only works for certain things like i wouldn't i don't want my heart surgeon to be faking it till he makes it <laughs> exactly know? when people's lives are on the line don't fake it till you make it <laughs> Right, right. Uh, that's when you turn it over. That's when you swallow your pride and turn it over to a professional. Unfortunately, there are two facts about Elizabeth Holmes that uh, fall into that category. First of all, okay. she is the poster child for the concept of fake it till you make it. Second of all, she founded a medical technology company. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay. All right. So 
In 2015, Elizabeth Holmes, then 31 years old, was listed by Forbes as America's richest and youngest self-made woman, with a net worth of $4.5 billion. Wow! Oh my god. <laughs> At 31 years old. From... Where did she get that? Where did she get that money? So this estimated worth was based on her 50% ownership in the health technology company Theranos, which she founded in 2002. However, okay. by the summer of 2016, this estimated net worth was corrected to a new number of less than zero. Oh, wow. <laughs> less than zero. Less than zero. So what happened in the span of one year? This is between 2015 and 2016. What happened in that one year that caused such a radical drop? I, like, my mind is spinning right now. <laughs> Okay, so Elizabeth Holmes was born in Washington, D.C. in 1984. Her father was a vice president at Enron. Oh, jeez. <laughs> After which he held executive positions in government agencies such as the USAID, the EPA, and the USTDA. Her mother worked as a congressional... Wait, the, the vice president of Enron was working as, the, like, as an executive for the, the EPA? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and that's kind of like a weird foreshadowing of this, the weird connections that she has. Um, So her mother also worked as a congressional committee staffer. So she had, Oh wow. Her, her family is deeply involved in, in the energy business and high levels of government. This is somebody who was born into the 1%. This is somebody who was born into the global 1%. Yes. And and not only the 1%, but also yeah. s- with govern- a ton of government connections. Right. This, this person could, this person is explicitly could be considered a member of the ruling class. Exactly. Um, so Holmes attended St. John's School in Houston, and during high school she was interested in computer programming and claims she started her first business selling C++ compilers to Chinese universities. That, what? I, I don't know. I mean, that feels like kind of like a Billy McFarland-esque thing. Like, yes, that's I ha- not like that's not <laughs> real. You don't sell compilers to people like a compiler is just a compiler, man. Like it's well, I, I don't know what that means. Exactly. And well, like and I have I, I have I have basically a minors in computer science. Yeah. I mean, that feels like a Billy McFarland thing. Like, yes, I started my first business in high school, even though it's right, just selling like, crayons to. Yeah, it's whatever. like she's able to claim that because her family has a ton of money and no one thinks twice about it. Right. But like, yeah. there's no one to like verify. Did you actually make money doing this? Did you, or was this just some scheme you had that you abandoned in a month or something? I don't know. Right. right. Like, we have no way of knowing. Um, her parents had arranged Mandarin Chinese home tutoring. And partway through high school, Holmes began attending Stanford University's summer Mandarin program. So, okay. ostensibly, she's a smart person. But, like, again, like, when you're born into that much money, your parents can kind of just pay for you to seem smart. Well, it's like you're... It's like you're not a... Intelligence doesn't really exist. Her parents could pay to send her... Like, she could have gone to, like, preschool at Harvard. Yeah, exa- you know, exactly. When your parents are that wealthy, you can pay for the best education on the planet. Right. It's like just because she went to Stanford does not make her smart because, you know, not only is her family incredibly wealthy, but they have like ridiculous connections everywhere. So well, and Ivy League colleges don't make you smart. Like there's actually a huge problem right now in that like Ivy League, like Ivy League graduates are becoming less and less valuable because people are realizing that it's like you're just making robots. Like, yeah, exactly. All of these you're. Like these Ivy League colleges just train people to be rule followers. They're incapable of actually thinking for themselves. Right, exactly. And that's why the most successful people are people who dropped out of Ivy League colleges. Right, right. Um, so in 2002, Holmes began attending undergrad at Stanford, where she studied chemical engineering and worked as a student researcher and laboratory assistant in the School of Engineering. So she has, it seems like she has like a deep interest in science, um, laboratory yeah, science, work. Science, math. Which is like, that's cool. Like, yeah, you know, neat. Um, at least it's interesting. So after the end of her freshman year, Holmes worked in a laboratory at the Genome Institute of Singapore and tested for severe acute respiratory syndrome through the collection of blood samples with syringes. 
And huh. so she beca- she became deeply interested in um, blood testing and um, testing for diseases um, through blood samples. Like that was her kind of like emphasis through her right. studies. She, cool. she filed her first patent application on a wearable drug delivery patch in 2003. So she was hmm. continuing to like be an entrepreneur or an inventor or whatever. She was right, right. Uh, tr- you know, she had all these I- ideas related to science that she wanted to actually make into businesses. Right. But that's like, at least from this perspective, that sounds fairly legitimate. Like she's yeah. actually been working as a as like a graduate level medical sci- like medical scientist and so it makes sense that with her connections she would have the knowledge and abilities and experience to be like i have an idea for medical technology exactly yeah and it's like you know for the for all the world like it seems very legit it seems like she genuinely knows what she's talking about and she has you know like goals that she wants to achieve right um so in March 2004, she dropped out of Stanford School of Engineering and used her tuition money as seed funding for a consumer healthcare technology company. Hmm. So basically, she used her parents' money that they were sending her for tuition to fund her first company, which is, you know, cool, I guess. It's an investment. Yeah, and it's probably a smarter thing to do than using it for a degree at Stanford. Right. Well, it's like, this is sort of the end goal of it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So you're just, if like, if you have something you know you want to do and you're passionate about it, why not go ahead and start it up? Right. Give it a shot. So Holmes founded the company Real Time Cures in Palo Alto, California to democratize healthcare. Mm. Holmes described her fear of needles as a motivation and sought to perform blood tests using only small amounts of blood. Creating a company to destroy all needles. <laughs> No more needles. No. They're the only thing that I, that can kill me. <laughs> when Holmes initially pitched the idea to reap, quote, vast amounts of data from a few droplets of blood derived from the tip of a finger to her medicine professor, Phyllis Gardner at Stanford, Gardner responded, I don't think your idea is going to work, explaining it was impossible to do what Holmes was claiming to be done. Hmm. Several other med- expert medical professors told Holmes the same thing. However, Holmes did not relent, and she succeeded in getting her advisor and dean of the School of Engineering, Channing Robertson, to back her idea. So all these professors at Stanford, these like high-ranking, tenured medical professors, were telling her this idea is crazy. So her idea was to create a company that would build a machine that you would prick your finger, give a few drops of blood, and it would perform hundreds of blood tests like all the blood tests that a, a, a laboratory can take from a large sample of blood and put it into this tiny machine right like not not a terrible idea in terms of like like in terms of concept like i yeah. can see why i can see why the engineers backed her but the medical professionals didn't yeah you know? exactly like if this were able to work it would be revolutionary but like the medical professors are like there's a reason why this hasn't been invented is because it's impossible. Right. At least in this, you know, day and age, maybe far in the future. But she right, was able knows? to get the support of the dean of the engineering school for her company. Right, right. Um, which, which like that's Go ahead. She sounds she sounds like she sounds like an engineer in like the medical science world. Exactly. Like, that's just how her brain works. And this also speaks to Holmes's skill as a salesperson right she's even though she had all these medical professors saying this idea is crazy it will never work she was able to convince the dean of the engineering school to back her idea um right right because people see her passion and they they think that you know she must have a vision for this if she's so passionate about it and she's able to talk about it in a way that is so compelling and I don't know anything about medicine, but she's she has a graduate-level degree in it, so she must be telling the truth. Exactly. Um, in 2003, Holmes renamed the company Theranos, a portmanteau of therapy and diagnosis. Mm. Which is, I mean, it's kind of a silly name, but, you know, most company it's, names are silly. It's not a bad name. Yeah, exactly. It's better than Crawler's. Or Google, honestly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, most company names seem dumb at first, but then, you know, 
they become successful and they just, you don't even think twice about right. it. Right, and it becomes a staple. Yeah. Um, the dean of the engineering school, um, Channing Robertson, became the company's first board member and introduced Holmes to venture capitalists. So mm. she began growing her company. So right now, I'm going to describe a little bit about Elizabeth Holmes. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of her or no. heard interviews with her, but she is a fascinating person to to watch. Yeah, I've, I've, while you while you talk, I'm going to pull up a picture of her on my phone. Okay, perfect. What's her name again? Elizabeth Holmes. All right, All right, go. So I've I've truly never seen and heard someone like her. She has a very intense look Ooh, in yeah. her eyes. Like they, they did these series of publicity photos on, I don't know if you're looking at those, but like there's I'm, yeah, uh, like on a white background and she's like staring into the camera with these big eyes and the she's pu- got, she's got manic eyes. Yeah. The pupils seem like a little bit too big. Um, yeah. Apparently and she's wearing, a, she's wearing a lot of eyeliner. Yes. But like, it's not, it's not like a winged eyeliner. It's like a solid bar of eyeliner. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. It, it, it catches your eye, like the way she looks. Also, in interviews, she would rarely, if ever, blink, which is why her eyes would become bloodshot by the end of each interview. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, it's just this intensity she has. And you can yeah. probably no, see this, it in those photos. This woman looks like she never blinks. Yeah. <laughs> Like her, she's got this like kind of neck length blonde hair, but in half the pictures, it's like, it's kind of weirdly messy. It's like, it's as if she was, it's as if she had a personal stylist who did everything but her hair. Yes, exactly. Um, A very intense looking woman. Right. But I mean, like for someone who's going to come up with an idea that's going to change the world. That's kind of what you'd expect them to look like. Right. Exactly. Um, Holmes was apparently a huge admirer of Steve jobs and she Mm. would almost exclusively wear black turtlenecks um, to emulate jobs. So I would assume if if you're looking at photos of her, most of the photos she's wearing black or a black turtleneck. She's wearing a black turtleneck. Apparently she had a closet full of 60 to 70 black turtlenecks that she would... You don't need that many. That's too many. You (laughs) don't need that. Exactly. Like, I mean, I don't know what your wash cycle is, but you need, I don't know, like two, three weeks worth at at most. Ten at the most. And if that's something you wear every day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just wash your clothes. Maybe she hated washing her clothes well she can she can pay someone to wash her clothes for her (laughs) exactly also one of the most strange aspects of holmes is her voice Mm. she spoke in an incredibly deep voice she would talk like this i'm going to create a company that is going to change the world oh that's weird but many people said that was not her real voice many people that she Weird. knew growing up and many people at the company said she actually spoke in a much higher voice and she would put on that voice for public appearances. I I wonder why. That's that's bizarre. It sounds like you know like it sounds like the typical like a woman trying to mock a man's voice, but she's speaking very seriously. So it's right. a very I've... strange effect. Right, like it's like how like how women talk when they're making fun of a guy's voice or something. Yeah, like oh but yeah, she's... I'm gonna play some football like that. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. but except yeah, ex- like talking about very serious things in that voice. Right. Except she's doing it seriously. Yeah. So that's interesting. Something another thing that's very strange. So, so she is a very unique person. But again, like yeah. a lot of people that have these crazy ideas are like Steve Jobs. Right. Obviously, was you know like a very idiosyncratic crazy person um mark zuckerberg you know like all these people elon musk they're weirdos they're freaks like exactly so by december of 2004 holmes had raised six million dollars to fund theranos by the end by the end of 2010 theranos had more than 92 million dollars in venture capital wow and here's where like with her connections that's not unheard of that's not super out of the ordinary exactly 
And here's where it starts to get crazy. I'm going to talk about her connections. In July 2011, Holmes was introduced to former Secretary of State George Shultz. After a two-hour meeting, he joined the Theranos Board of Directors. Wow. Holmes was recognized for forming the most illustrious board in U.S. corporate history over the next three years. That's crazy. Let me talk about who was on this board. Theranos Board and investors included many influential figures. Holmes' first major investor was Tim Draper, a Silicon Valley venture capitalist and father of one of Holmes' childhood friends, who, quote, cut Holmes a check for a million dollars upon hearing her initial pitch for the firm that would become Theranos. Theranos' pool of major investors expanded to include, get ready for this. Okay. Rupert Murdoch. The Walton family. Oh, wow. The DeVos family, including Betsy DeVos. Holy shit. The Cox family of Cox Enterprises and Carlos Carlos Slim Elu, who what from 2010 to 2013 was listed as the world's richest man. Wow. That is that's that is like an impossibly wealthy board. Yeah, and so like when they're saying she has the most illustrious set of investors, um, actually that's not her board, that's her uh, uh, investors. I'm going to get into the board to the board oh, in a okay, second. Okay. That's just her investors. Um, wow. But that is still insane. Like you cannot just getting one of those people is like a once in a lifetime thing for a company. Just, just getting one of those people is almost a guaranteed success for your business. Exactly. Those are the biggest names in the world. Um, so with uh, Schultz early involvement aiding Holmes recruitment efforts, the 12 member Theranos board eventually included Henry Kissinger. Wow. Uh, former Secretary of State, William Perry, former Secretary of Defense, James Mattis, future Secretary of Defense, Gary Roguehead, a retired U.S. Navy Admiral, Bill Frist, a former U.S. Republican Senator, Sam Nunn, a former U.S. Democratic Senator, and former CEOs Dick uh, Kovacevich of Wells Fargo and Richard Bechtel of Bechtel Industries. That, like, that is crazy. Yeah, that's that's her board. Half these people are, like, deeply evil. Yeah, like war criminals. <laughs> right. And it's just, it was never really explained why she populated her board exclusively, almost exclusively, with former member, high-ranking members of the military. I think it's just who she, I think it's just who she knew, honestly. Yeah, exactly. But, like, Henry Kissinger, and, like, also, like... These are like very old men too. Like the, right. a lot of them are over ninety years old, and she probably like I can see the logic of being like, hmm, people in the military are good at organizing things, and I want yeah. I want them to be old because that means they're experienced. Yeah, that that does make sense, and she has the connections, so might as well. Right, and it it just seems like one led to another, led to another. Right. Um. So Holmes operated Theranos in quote, stealth mode without press releases or a company website until September 2013. So she ran this company for 10 years with no communication, like a privately owned company, no communication with the press um, and no website. It was completely underground. Like she wasn't selling anything. She wasn't partnering with anyone. She was just developing this technology ostensibly. That is... is Deeply suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. While getting this insane list of board members and investors. Right, right. So in, Yeah, that deeply suspicious. Right. Uh, in 2013, the company announced its first partnership with Walgreens to launch in-store blood sample collection centers. Uh... And so when this partnership was announced, Holmes kind of blew up as this like poster child for like, a self-made billionaire, a self-made, you know, like, uh, you know, like a female tech uh, CEO, a female uh, tech founder, which um, got a ton of press attention. Which is like bullshit because her parents had an, like had a ton of money. Yeah, exactly. You can't really call her self-made. So um, media attention increased in 2014 when Holmes appeared on the covers of Fortune, Forbes, uh, the New York Times Style Magazine and Inc. Magazine. 
Forbes mm. recognized Holmes at the time as the world is the world's youngest self-made female billionaire and ranked her number 110 on the Forbes 400 in 2014. Um, quickly, quickly thereafter, Theranos was valued at nine billion dollars and had raised more than 400 million in venture capital. Damn. So by the end of 2014, Holmes's name appeared on 18 U.S. patents and 66 foreign patents. During 2015, Holmes established agreements with Cleveland Clinic, Capital Blue Cross, and AmeriHealth uh, Caritas to use Theranos technology. So this so is she, when Theranos is exploding. Right, right. And so it seems like her business at this point is basically just sort of coming up with patents and then making deals with retailers to be like, here, you can use our... It's like, we will sell you the machines once they're ready and working. Exactly, yeah. Um, and But the interesting thing is a, a lot of the partnerships came with the stipulation of Theranos branding, so right. for for Walgreens, for example, like instead of just like selling the technology to Walgreens to use as like a Walgreens blood testing machine, there would be these little like stores within stores like called right. Theranos Wellness Centers where you would go and it would have like a big Theranos sign and it's like a little room within Walgreens to get your blood tested. Right. Like those those little side rooms that you go to get your blood pressure checked or whatever. It'd be like that, but there'd be several machines that all have the Theranos brand or whatever. Exactly. Um, so everything seemed to be going great for Theranos and Holmes. Now, now, you haven't actually mentioned any of these machines or what they do or if they even exist. Yes, and there's a reason for that. Okay, I think I, I think I see what's coming here. <laughs> so Holmes's big claim was that she developed a machine called the Edison blood testing machine. Okay. And what this was was a box about the size of a bread maker. Okay. Um, like a microwave, right? Uh, I'd say about two microwaves. Oh, a bread maker, I see. So like, yeah, like a rice cooker or something like that. Yeah, and maybe a little bit bigger. And yeah. it it looked kind of, actually, I take that, it's about the size of a, of a uh, like half of an office printer or like a big home printer. And it kind of okay. looked like a printer. Um, okay, okay. And so what you would ostensibly do is you take a little, you know, box, it would prick your finger you put the box mm -hmm. inside the Edison machine like a VHS tape, and it would kind of load okay. the the box in. It would do all these things with your blood inside, and it would ostensibly on the screen give you all the results within a couple of hours. Um, huh. And Holmes claimed that her ultimate goal was to sell the Edison machines to directly to consumers to have in their homes. Huh. So okay. she had this grand ambition, which is crazy and would to would have totally disrupted the medical technology industry. Right. That would have that would have revolutionized the, the pharmaceutical industry. Exactly. And companies like Quest Diagnostics would be out of business within a couple of months if she had been able to do this. Right. Or their business would be severely reduced. Yeah, exactly. If people were able to buy blood testing machines to use in their own home, and it will only take a couple of hours. Right. So she had all these claims. Um, she had all these ambitions. But while all this was going on, while her company was exploding with a ton of media attention and a huge valuation based on all these expectations, um, John Carew of the Wall Street Journal initiated a secret, months-long investigation of Theranos, Theranos after he received a tip from a medical expert who thought the blood testing device seemed suspicious. Oh, I, I love it when journalists go all, like, go all clandestine. That's so much fun. Exactly, yeah. It's and when it's, you get the juiciest shit. Also, yeah, and also... He, this is a tip that came to him. He wasn't, like, seeking out the truth behind Theranos. Right. He had a medical expert who had worked with Theranos give him an anonymous tip that, like, this this shit is fishy, at, like AF. <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. And, like, if you're a journalist and you get a message like that, you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah th that's like, uh, uh, you know, like the Watergate, Watergate 
like deep throat tip right there. Right, right, exactly. Um, so Carrie Yu spoke to ex-employee whistleblowers and obtained company documents um, in preparation for his uh, report. When Holmes learned of the investigation, she initiated a campaign through her lawyer, David Boys to stop Carrie Yu from publici- publishing the report. Her, her publicist is just like a kid in a suit. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, I'm David Boys. What's going on? <laughs> David Boys is notable for being one of the first attorneys that represented Harvey Weinstein after the allegations came out. <laughs> oh, boy. And worked with Harvey Weinstein to attempt to silence accusers um, before the New York Ti- the first New York Times article came out about Weinstein. All right, I I was going for like a, a lighthearted joke about him being like the world's first kid lawyer, but yeah. like uh, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, oh exactly. It just got really dark. Like, man, this guy's this guy's evil. Like, yeah, he's one of the most high profile lawyers in the world. Um, I looked up the li- I I forget half of them, but like I looked up the cases he's been on. And he also represented Al Gore during the 2000 recount um, for the presidential election. And he also represented a ton of big tobacco companies um, (laughs) against consumers who were suing them for giving them cancer and whatnot. That's wow. Okay, jeez. So he may be the most expensive lawyer in the world. I would not. Right. I would not doubt that at all. Um. So Holmes, in addition to working with boys, also made legal and financial threats against um, the Wall Street Journal and the whistleblowers. Which, like, good luck, buddy. Yeah. So she was trying to, in the documentary, um, a former um, Theranos employee was acting as a whistleblower for Carrie's article, um, and she was followed and intimidated by someone in a van who waited in the parking lot and served her with basically fake papers saying if she does not stop talking to Carrie, you, she was going to get sued for everything she was worth. Which, like, she's a journalist. She can show the papers to a lawyer. Yeah. Like... <laughs> and and that's what she did. And she also talked right. about it for the documentary. Um, uh in October 2015, despite Boy's legal threats and strong arm tactics, Carrie published a bombshell article. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> the article detailed how the Edison blood testing device by Theranos gave inaccurate results and revealed oh. that the company had been using com- commercially available machines made by other manufacturers for most of its testing. Oh. Oh. <laughs> So another thing, Beautiful. another thing that, um, so what, what Theranos had been, been doing with Walgreens is they said like to get started, we're not going to u- actually use the Edison machine in Walgreens, um, because we, we don't have enough of them yet. So what we're going to do is we're going to sample your blood, um, at Walgreens and then we're going to ship it to Theranos headquarters, and then we're going to use the Therano- or the Edison machine to test it there and then send you the results. Okay. But uh, Carrie's article revealed that they were just using regular blood testing devices with a team of trained blood testers in right, the Theranos so, labs, and we're not so using the Edison machines at all. Doing the normal shit. But people like it was just a lie. They were just lying. <laughs> exactly. They were just lying. So other details came out about the development of the Edison device. And this is probably the most horrifying, uh, oh, like, w- or one of the most horrifying facts. Um, so a former uh, Theranos lab technician um, talked about in the documentary using the Edison device. And basically he said, it was a very unstable device that was doing incredibly complex operations with multiple blood samples at once inside of this tiny area. So like the, the size of a home printer or a home, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Like a scanner yeah. copier kind of thing. Right. Right. And doing all these incredibly 
complex things for over 200 blood tests incredibly fast at a rate that was not sustainable. So it it would be moving around like these needles and these syringes and these glass vials in, in this tiny area. And they were testing people's blood who uh, could have had like serious blood, serious contagious diseases like hepatitis in their blood. And they were having technicians reach inside the machine to fix things while it was working with needles. Oh my God. And the technician said several times his hand was nearly pierced by the needles that were moving around in rapid speed inside the machine. Right. It's like a, it's like a disease blender. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and also the machine would also often malfunction and two things would hit against each other and the glass would shatter and blood from multiple people would go everywhere inside the machine. <laughs> oh my God. It's like definitively the worst smoothie. Exactly. Yeah, the worst and most dangerous smoothie that yeah, can so give just, you hepatitis. You just you just prick your blood on this little on this little cartridge and you put it into the machine and then it blends it up with a bunch of broken glass and needles. <laughs> Drink up. And then it lies about whether or not you have hepatitis. So Theranos. After his uh his first article and throughout twenty eighteen, Carrie you continue to expose Holmes and Theranos in a series of articles in um, and later published a book titled Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in, Sil- in a Silicon Valley Startup, detailing his entire investigation of Theranos. So this was an entire book of whistleblower accounts of the Theranos company. That's amazing. <laughs> of course, Holmes denied all the claims, calling them... Right the newspaper a tabloid and promising the, the company would the pu- new york times uh-huh. uh, the wall street journal oh right right <laughs> one of the most like you know like well-established right. publications Oldest and in the well-respected country. publications in the country yeah yeah calling it a tabloid uh-huh um and holmes promised the company would publish accurate data on the reliability of its tests it's coming <laughs> big things are coming <laughs> big things are coming she appeared on Jim Cramer's Mad Money the same evening the first article was published. Um, oh, boy. Cramer said, the article was pretty brutal, huh? To which Holmes responded, this is what happens when you work to change things. First, they think you're crazy. Then they fight you. And then all of a sudden, you change the world. Uh, I. It's different than like people exposing the fact that you were just straight up lying about shit yeah and it's also you know again like what i said earlier like i'm sure a lot of people thought steve jobs was crazy but steve jobs isn't making technology that you're basing potential surgeries potential medication right potential like it's not he's not inventing tech like medical technology so when people say you're crazy to invent that it's going to lead to deaths like you can't say that like they're you know, everyone questions like a world changer at first. It's just like, no, right, they're trying like, to like protect consumers' lives. Right. It's like you, it's one thing if a phone can't like make calls as well as the box says it should. And it's another thing if like the literal blood testing device that you invented doesn't actually work. Yeah. <laughs> um, in January, 2016, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, sent a warning letter to Theranos after an inspection of its Newark, California laboratory uncovered irregularities with staff proficiency, procedures, and equipment. Oh, boy. So it, the, the lab was a total shit show. There, was, there were cutting corners left and right. The staff wasn't properly trained. Oh, um, Jesus. Which is what happens when you're a medical technology company that's privately owned and operating in secrecy for 10 years with no supervision. Right. Um, CMS. It's just like, Go ahead. I don't, I don't get this whole thing of like, like, why are you cutting costs on all this shit? You have, <laughs> it's like you have all of the funding you could ever ask for in the world. The biggest so like, investors you could possibly dream of. Right. It's like you don't have to cut costs on this. Like you don't have to go to market. Just like keep working on the shit until it actually works. Yeah. Like I 
I, it's, it's baffling. Like, and, and clearly Holmes is so driven. Like, why right. did she go about it so haphazardly, especially after working on it for 10 years? Right. It's like, I just, the, it, it's in so many of these stories, it's like, the people at the it's like the people doing all this shit don't realize that they have to actually sell people a product that functions at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah. Exactly. It becomes this weird dream that's not based in actual deliverable results. It's like I'm going to change the world, but it's like if you want to change the world, you have to make a device that works and is accurate, right? Well, and it's like all this shit would be justified if the shit actually worked, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so CMS regulators proposed a two-year ban on Holmes from owning or operating a lab after the company had not fixed problems in its lab in March 2016. So after the inspection that that revealed all these problems, two months passed by and nothing was done. No, no wow. changes were made. And so they're like, if you don't change something quickly, we're going to ban you from even owning a lab for two years, which would have oh. destroyed the company. <laughs> I, dude, it's the same shit as the the fucking the Google barge thing. It's like they they showed yeah. all the regulators and they're like, "So we can do whatever we want now, right?" And they're like, "Uh, no." Yeah, yeah. You have is, to change this shit. This is a device that people are depending on for their lives. Is it's the same thing as like this is a boat that people are going to be on in open water. Like you right. can't cut it's, corners. You have to follow regulations at least. Right. It's like. No, we will shut you down. Like, yeah. you have to... <laughs> That's insane. Um, so, after this threat was issued by the CMS, um, Holmes appeared on the Today Show and said she was, quote... This will fix it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like what she did. Instead of actually fixing the problems, she would just make another big media appearance, which is... Oh, Jesus. Um, and Holmes said in the interview she was, quote devastated we did not catch and fix these issues faster she had two years <laughs> yeah uh, she was devastated but it's like if you're so devastated why why did you not change it after they said you need to change it right like this is your fault man she also said that the lab would be rebuilt with help from a new scientific and medical advisory board big you things are coming you can't do that they they literally like the regulators literally said, we are going to take away your right to own a lab. You yeah. can't just build a new one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, instead of just fixing the lab you have, she's going to make a new one. <laughs> it's just like, what? Uh, in July 2016, CMS officially banned Holmes from owning, operating, or directing a blood testing service for a period of two years. So <laughs> did, she, did she try to make a new lab? No. It was okay. just another lie. Like, okay. She kept saying, oh, yes, we will fix it. And they're like, okay. Two months passed by. Uh, yes, we will definitely fix it. Another like, two months passed, three months passed by. And she does not fix it, so they ban her for two years. They did exactly what they said they were going to do. Imagine that, Evan. Yeah. Well, it's like the same thing as like Billy McFarland talking to the the company in the Bahamas that owned that island and they're like, okay, we'll sell it to you. Like, we'll let you use it. You can't mention that a member of the Medellin cartel used to own right. this island. And then the first commercial comes out once owned by Pablo Escobar. And then they immediately take the island away. It's like, right. what did like, you did think you th was going to happen? Did you think we were lying? Yeah. <laughs> because maybe you may not be used to this friend, but yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes people actually are telling the truth about their businesses. Right. And it's like, but for Holmes, she's literally not used to not getting what she wants immediately. Right. Not only was she able to, f like, start her own company exactly when she wanted at the age of, like, I think she was, right, like, 30. 21. No, she started, like, 10 years before she was 30. Like, right, right. After she dropped out of college. She started this company. She got a dream, like, a dream casting of investors and board members and was able to operate this company with end, an endless supply of money for 10 years. She does not know what no means. So, of course, Theranos appealed the decision to a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Appeals Board. And how'd that go, Evan? Um, directly after the appeal, 
uh, Walgreens ended its relationship with Theranos and closed its in-store blood collection centers. Good call. Good call. The one big partnership they had, they're just like, you know, like things don't seem to be going too well. Uh, We're we're seeing major inaccuracies in (laughs) the results of the blood test. So we're just going to go ahead and quietly close this partnership. Right, right. It's like, oh, you're one of those people that's like lying. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Because also the Wall Street Journal article exposed the fact that the blood tests were, of course, wildly inaccurate right. uh, when they were tried, like when they were used in the Edison machine and that people, when given the same tests at Quest Diagnostics, would get completely and radically different results, which is very dangerous. And explicitly illegal. Like, yeah. there are regulations for this shit. Exactly. Like, imagine getting your blood tests and you're like, you have like deadly levels of cholesterol, you have herpes, you have hepatitis B, and they're like, holy shit, I need to do something about this. And then you realize like, oh, it was just, it was just like a shoddy machine. Like imagine being that terrified. It's not a blood test. Yeah. Like that's just straight up not a blood test. You might as well just deter, you might as well determine what blood disease you have by using rune divination. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like, check your fucking star chart. It'll probably be more accurate than these machines. Um, so the FDA also ordered the company to cease use of its capillary tube nanotainer device, one of its core inventions, which is basically the invention that the company was based upon, the, de- the tiny device that pricks your finger and is inserted into the Edison machine. That And that seems like the actual legitimate invention. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Like if that could be used with real blood tests with only that, with only a couple drops of blood, that would be revolutionary. But the FDA banned them from using that invention. Right, which means that it was pro- like obviously bullshit as well. Yeah, and I think that was like the nail, the real nail in the coffin when they're like, right, you're, it's illegal to use this invention that you've based your your company that is valued at nine billion dollars on. Right, it's like, oh no, it's all been bullshit this entire time, and you've never had a, a real idea. Yeah. <laughs> So in 2017, the state of Arizona filed suit against Theranos, alleging that the company had sold 1.5 million blood tests to Arizonans. While Which conce- I imagine they had, yeah, but... They had. Um, while concealing or mes- misrepresenting important facts about those tests, which they did. Right. Um, in April 2017, the company settled the lawsuit by agreeing to refund the cost of the test to consumers and to pay... 225,000 in civil fines and attorney fees for a total of 4.65 million dollars. I mean, did they actually do that though? I think they did because I think at this point they still had like a crap ton of venture capital left. But, uh, but right, they were right. quickly running out of money because right. they had no actual revenue coming in. Like right. this whole company is built off of venture capital and no actual revenue. I think in total they only made $100,000 in revenue right right in 15 years (laughs) which is like because they weren't actually at market yet they were just selling to these like experimental locations to yeah test their devices exactly quote quote uh other reported ongoing actions included civil and criminal investigations by the u.s securities and exchange commission um, which is mm. when you know a company's about to die when the SEC gets involved. Right, right. Um, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of California, an unspecified FBI investigation, and two class action fraud lawsuits. Holmes del- denied any wrongdoing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So the SEC. Like they're just piling on. Yeah. They're, the SEC, the FBI, the Attorney General for california and arizona and two class action lawsuits are all banding together to take you down right and it's like the legal fees alone would kill you exactly and is that's exactly what happened the legal fees liquidated all their remaining venture capital and any you know like minuscule amount that they had raised through selling blood testing devices right right oh geez and that that was all over the course of like one year, right? Um, from the article coming out to hold on, yeah, from the article coming out to that happening, it was less than two years. Jeez. 
On May 16, 2017, approximately 99% of Theranos shareholders reached an agreement with the company to dismiss all current and potential litigation in exchange for shares of preferred stock. So, uh, okay, so they're just they're just being ripped apart now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Holmes released a portion of her equity to offset any dilution of stock value to non-participating shareholders. So what this means is Holmes's net like estimated net worth was 4.5 billion because she owned 50% of the company that was valued at $9 billion. Right. Right. Basically, basically she made an agreement with her shareholders that she would give them preferred stock, which is basically all the stock in exchange for them not suing her. So her net worth essentially became worthless. Right. (laughs) She went from 4.5 billion to $0. Right. But you said at the beginning of you said at the beginning of the episode that her net worth was less than like less than zero. Yeah, because she also owed money to the company for all of this. Ah, yes. For all the legal fees and everything. Oh, boy. So on March 14th, 2018, Holmes settled an SEC lawsuit. The charges of fraud included the company's false claim that its technology was being used by the U.S. Department of Defense in combat situations. Uh... (laughs) Which she was able to claim because she had all these generals and and secretary of defenses on her board. And so people were like, yeah, that makes sense. But then they found out it was just a total lie. The military is like, no, we have never worked with Elizabeth Holmes. Right. (laughs) Well, and I'm sure the actual military people on her board were like, you said what? Yeah, like, what? No, that doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Oh, jeez. So the company also lied when it it claimed to have a $100 million revenue stream in 2014, despite it only being $100,000. Like, man, this is what happens when you do this shit. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's the same like Firefest. It's like, yeah, our company's worth $90 million. It's like, how much money did you make this year? Uh, 60,000. But you know, our projections show it's just like projections are literally lies. Uh, it's like it's it's baffling these people it's like do you you not realize that people will check this shit yeah exactly it's the same with adam newman it's the same with everyone it's like when you become a public company you have to let people know like right it's (laughs) like it's just and adam newman actually had assets you know it's like he was he was just lying about like he was just lying about how much the company was worth. It's like at the core of WeWork was an actual real business. Yeah, and that Theranos was being doesn't profitable. even have that. Right, Theranos doesn't even have that. It's like, but it's like, why, why lie about this when all you have to do is not go public? Yeah, like all you have to do is not right. talk about this shit on TV, and people won't investigate it. Like, just keep working on the shit until it works yeah which is why she was able to do it for 10 years without anyone suspecting anything because she was it was privately owned like she was able to operate in secrecy but then she goes public and everyone knows everything but it's like my theory is that like she realized halfway through that 10-year period that there her professor at stanford was right this device is literally impossible to make like in in your lifetime and then, and then, but Holmes' insane drive is like, I don't care. We'll figure it out. Fake it till you make it. Let's go public mother effers. Do you think, like, do you think she actually realized that it wasn't going anywhere? Or do you think that she, like, she just, like, it'll work out. Like, she just kept telling herself it'll work out and was like, ah, fuck it. We'll go public. It's yeah. like, I'm sure, I'm sure we can make the machine. I know we haven't made it work for 10 years, but... I'm sure that we can make it work in the next two months. Yeah, like I'm sure this added scrutiny from the media, the public, uh, the SEC, and the government uh, will motivate us to make a machine that works. Or do you do you think? Or do you think she she actually thought the machine worked? Right. I, I think she genuinely believed that she would eventually make a machine that would work. I don't think she knew exactly when, but I th- I genuinely think huh. she 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 believed in what she was doing. Um, and that's what separates her from someone like Billy McFarland, who was just trying to right. make a quick hundred million dollars. She genuinely did have ambitions. She was just willing to sell out her complete integrity to make it happen and her complete, right. like right. legal, ethical, you know, 
moral integrity. That's that's really interesting. It like, is. It's what makes her such an interesting subject. It's truly really what with, makes this story. I can see it reflected in her obsession with Steve Jobs as just being yeah. like, like having this whole like fuck it, let's just do it, let's just do it, let's go. Yeah, because like, someone like Steve Jobs was always able to find a way to make it happen. You know, like he, right, he would have right. these crazy ideas, but he would have maybe it's because he had a better team, or maybe because he was making personal cell phones instead of a device that would revolutionize the blood testing industry but steve jobs was able to make it happen every time it's from what i understand about steve jobs is that it's like like his his brilliance was not necessarily in like the ideas he was coming up with yeah it was more in his ability to delegate like he knew exactly he knew exactly how to structure a team to get them to produce something extraordinary in an extremely short amount of time. Like exactly. And he knew how to sell it. Like he yeah. was an expert at branding. Right. It's it it actually there's some echoes of that in Goop, I think, of like mm. it's it's actually Steve Jobs understood that it's less about what you're selling and actually more about how you're selling it. Exactly. Like at the end of the day like, I mean, to quote the the guy from Beans, it's like, you have to be selling a product that will improve people's life in some real material way. Mm. But then if you don't know how to sell it correctly, it'll like, you'll never get, you'll never actually get it into people's hands. You know? Exactly. There, there's two parts to every business. It's the, it's the selling and it's the making. And, you know, right. like Elizabeth Holmes was an expert salesman. Like, she was able to sell to all these, like, you know, the richest people in the world, her idea, but she was right. unable through her own fault, through the fault of her team or through the fault of literally, it's just not feasible in this day and age. She was not able to actually make a product that worked. Right. Right. Um, so that's, that's fascinating. The terms of Holmes settlement with the SEC included surrendering voting control of Theranos a ban on holding an officer position in a public company for 10 years and a $500,000 fine, which I assume is why that she owed Theranos money is because she's getting all these personal fines against herself and taking out of the company money. Like for somebody as wealthy as her and with the connections that she has, like half a million dollars is like a drop in the bucket. That's nothing. Yeah. Like I, I never like, when they say her net worth is zero, it is, but like she will never hurt for it's not like she's gonna like be homeless now. Like right, she exactly. just in terms of assets, she has nothing. But like she also comes with from an incredibly wealthy family and has incredibly right. wealthy will, connections. There will be no change in her standard of living, you know? Exactly. It's just like literally just like the the status of right. that she, it's the same thing of Adam Newman. Adam Newman is still going to be incredibly well off. He will never want for money the rest of his life. But he doesn't right, have that after status. Everything, right. Even after everything, he was still valued at like a billion dollars personally. Just him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so at the height of 2015, Theranos had more than 800 employees. It fired 340 staff members in October 2016 and an additional 155 in January 2017. In April 2018, Theranos filed a WARN Act notice with the state of California, announcing its plan to permanently lay off 105 employees, leaving it with fewer than two dozen employees. Jeez. Most of the remaining employees were laid off in August 2018. On September 5th, 2018, the company announced that it had begun the process of formally dissolving with its remaining cash and assets to be distributed to its creditors. So Jeez. Theranos was no more. Just decimated. Just gone. Dissolved like sugar and water. Yep. On June 15th, 2018, following an investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office in San Francisco that lasted more than two years, a federal grand jury indicted Holmes and for- former Theranos chief operating officer and president uh, Ramesh Bawani on nine counts of wire fraud and two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. (laughs) Oh, wow. Interesting. So we've got, we've got, it's not just a bad business. We have actual wire fraud happening. Yes. And, um, I, I did like, I, the one big thing I missed in this story was, 
um, uh, Ramesh Bawani, who is her founding partner and also her boyfriend, oh. um, who was like a like a Pakistani businessman twenty years older than her, um, huh. who she like initially split the company fifty fifty with, and so right. he was also involved in all this and also indicted on the same criminal charges. So I don't want to leave him out of the story, and I don't want to put sole blame on Holmes. He was equally as culpable. Interesting. Okay. Um, both pleaded not guilty to the to the charges. Unsurprisingly. Ah, surprise, surprise. Um, prosecutors allege that Holmes and Balwani engaged in two criminal schemes: one to defraud investors, the other to defraud doctors and patients. Um, after the indictment, Holmes stepped down as CEO of, of Theranos, but remained chair of the board until the company dissolved. Um, again, like Billy McFarland, what ultimately uh, he was, what ultimately Holmes and Balwani were charged with, um, and what what they face the most serious repercussions from are uh, defrauding investors, not right. for selling fake blood tests, not for putting people's lives on the line, not for running a lab that cut corners. Right. It, it's for cheating people out of money, and that's always what people go to jail for. Right, right. It's always cheating other rich people out of their paychecks. Exactly. If you mess with other rich people's money, and you're ri- that's the only way a rich person will go to jail, right. unless they've killed thirty people or something. But like, right, right. Unless they've like outright personally murdered people. Yeah, exactly. But like, that's the only and way a rich person then, will go down. Even then, you can right. cover it up with money. Right. <laughs> most of the time. Well, and either, even if you can't cover it up, you can probably just get sent to one of those nice prisons. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Jeez. So the case of U.S. versus Holmes, 18 CR 00258, United States Dis- District Court for the Northern District of California, is set to begin on October 27th of this year. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Holmes and Balwani could face up to 20 years in prison if convicted. So we will definitely have an update on this story later this year. Uh, how fun. Uh, in June 2019, Bloomberg News reported that Holmes and Balwani are looking into a possible defense strategy of blaming the media for the downfall of Theranos. Uh-huh. Good luck, buddy. The lawyers are looking into whether journalist John Kerry's reporting for the Wall Street Journal caused undue influence upon government regulatory agencies to look into Theranos. You mean, like, exposing the fact that they were breaking the law? <laughs> yeah, it's like, they think that Kerry's article, like planted like a false seed in like these government regulators like hmm like (laughs) like that's that's not illegal like you can't like yeah it's just the power of suggestion like you would never have looked into us if carrie had never exposed the fact that we were cutting corners and (laughs) doing all this illegal stuff it's like that's you know what buddy that's probably true yeah but Uh, it's also not illegal yeah right uh but it's like it's the job of government regulatory agencies to look into companies that are breaking the law like <laughs> to you know regulate uh in october 2019 the mercury news reported that uh cooley llp holmes legal team in a class action civil case requested that the court allow them to stop representing holmes stating that she had not paid them in a year for their services <laughs> They're like, I'm sorry. please let us stop representing Elizabeth Holmes. She's not oh paying God. us, and she's not letting us leave. This bitch, like the balls. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, that's cool. truly amazing. It is like them, like asking to like, can we bail? Like this, like, like this is an incredibly complex and like time-consuming legal case that we are not being paid for. <laughs> that's amazing. I. I hope the court let them like, yeah, they did. So, okay. Good. Um, Cooley LLP said, uh, quote, given Miss Holmes current financial situation, Cooley has no expectation that Miss Holmes will ever pay for its services as her counsel. In, oh, in November, 2019, the recorder reported that senior district judge H Russell Holland, who was overseeing the civil case indicated that he would allow Cooley to withdraw. He, so he's like, yeah, sure. You're like, yeah, I, I get it, buddy. Like, go ahead. Does go not ahead and leave. bode well. Does not bode well. Um, in February of this year, a mere two months ago, Holmes' defense requested a federal court to drop all charges against her and her co-defendant Balwani. 
Uh, yeah? How'd that go? <laughs> a federal judge examined the charges and ruled that some charges should be dropped since the Theranos blood tests were paid for by medical insurance companies. Um, for consumers, the patients were not actually deprived of any money or property. Um, prosecutors, That's fair. Prosecutors would hence not be allowed to argue that doctors and patients were fraud victims. However, the judge kept the 11 charges of wire <laughs> fraud against investors. Oh, good. And that's the end of the story for now. That, that was wonderful. Elizabeth Thank Holmes you. and Theranos. <laughs> Absolutely oh, bonkers. Boy. That's, that was wonderful. <laughs> oh, wow. It's just, the. I mean, I would definitely recommend checking out the documentary. Um, right. Like, what a fascinating person. I know we were already talking about it, but like, seriously, what a fascinating person. Yeah, it's like a deeply private person who also makes a ton of media appearances and she also had like the same talking points the same language she was like incredibly well media trained right um but she just all her weird quirks and the deep voice that we know is probably fake right it's like that's the most so baffling weird. thing it's like that to me is the mark of somebody who like never goes outside that's one of these yeah. like nouveau that's that to me is the mark of one of these nouveau riche people like um like Rebecca Newman that have just like yeah. <laughs> never touched a poor person before. Yes. And she definitely has that look about her. Yeah, oh totally. Um It's like this is this is a person who does not know what a regular human being is supposed to look like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she's just so and like the eyes and just like the black turtlenecks and just the intensity and the fact that she would never blink. But like right. in in videos of her, like at her working at her company, she would blink. It would only be in interviews that she did not blink, as if she was trying to give off some kind of aura of intensity or power or whatever. Oh man! Well, thank you for that. That was amazing. <laughs> if you like what you just heard, listeners, please uh, consider donating to us on Patreon, where we post extra episodes, a lot of fun outtakes, and miscellaneous fun content you never know what could be on the patreon lots of fun things always and always yes and again thank you for listening and uh, tune in next time we love we love you much we love you much big things are coming big things are coming <laughs> get your blood tested get your blood tested but not by theranos <laughs> yeah well you can't anymore Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Desperate Acts of Capitalism. If you like the show, please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you really want to make us happy, you can leave us a nice rating or review. You can follow us on Instagram at Desperate Acts of Capitalism and on Tumblr, link in the show notes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Desperate Acts of Capitalism.